the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Today's gospel is a revelation of Jesus as the Son of God in his baptism. The epistle describes the gifts we possess as a result of our own baptisms into Christ. Jesus' baptism presents an eternal picture that is sort of captured in a snapshot at a moment in time. The Father speaks, the Son stands in the water, and the Holy Spirit descends upon the Son in the form of a dove. Three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. What is called the adoptionist heresy must be avoided here. Jesus did not become God's son in baptism. Jesus has always been the son of God. As we just said, he was begotten of his father before all worlds. As the early church said, there never was a time when the son was not. What is new in the baptismal picture is that the Son of God has become man. And as a human being, this allows him to be revealed as God's Son and the Trinity to be revealed in a particular historical moment. In contrast, we do become God's children in baptism. We are baptized into Christ. In our baptisms, we are grafted into this eternal picture that is revealed in Christ's baptism. We receive the gift of the Spirit, and we become God's adopted children. All that belongs to the Son of God by nature is given to us in baptism as a gift by grace. As Galatians says, God has sent forth the Spirit of his son in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. With the gift of the Spirit, each of us receives a gift or gifts of the Spirit. Our epistle says that we have gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Jesus possesses all spiritual gifts. And he distributes them to the members of his body as he pleases. The gifts we have been given enable us to participate in the redemptive work of the church, the body of Christ. The church is the extension of the incarnate presence of Christ in the world. Dar function and purpose is to serve the world for Christ until he comes. And the way, the particular way each of us is called to serve is determined by the nature of the gifts we have been given. In order to exercise spiritual gifts, we must be in a state of spiritual health and wholeness. We can only give when we are full. We can only give if the emptiness that is caused by sin 
has been filled by Christ through the Spirit. The Father is able to pour out the Spirit upon us because God is literally full of the Spirit. The Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father, and the Holy Spirit is a love that flows between them and out from them into the world. This is why Christians view the creation as a gift. God, who is full of love within himself, desires to share what he possesses, and this results in the act of creation. We were created to share in the fullness of God. We are meant to be a gift to each other and the creation, just as the creation is a gift to us. Sin changes the equation. <clears throat> Sin severs the bond of the spirit that exists between God and man and creates a void within us. Rather than giving because we are full, we come to take because we are needy and empty. Because we must be full in order to give, we can only exercise our spiritual gifts in the right way if we are living a disciplined life of prayer through which we constantly remember and experience again the grace of our baptism. The spirit we receive in baptism grows and increases in us through the sacraments, through prayer, through the practice of spiritual disciplines. But the spirit we receive in baptism can also atrophy and diminish through a neglect of prayer and sacrament. We must continually return to the scene of our baptism through prayer. We must continually come to the Father through the Son to be strengthened and renewed again in the Spirit if we are to rightly exercise the gifts we have been given. This is what we essentially do each Sunday at the altar. The Eucharist is, in essence, a renewal of our baptism. We come again to the Father through the sacrificial death of the Son to receive again the gift of God in the sacrament, and be renewed by the Spirit. As we feed on the body and blood of Christ, as we maintain a healthy spiritual diet. The life that was planted within us at baptism grows. Wounds are healed. Sinful tendencies diminish. And new virtues begin to take root. Worldly anxiety and fear are replaced by faith, hope and love. We become more whole and holy and thus more able to give. The good works that God has prepared for each of us to walk in, 
are the consequence of the gift we receive at the altar. We cannot, in fact, do any truly good thing unless our sin has been forgiven and our emptiness filled by the Spirit. Eucharist is a renewal of baptism if we participate in its inner reality and not just its outward form. We must not just generally confess our sins of thought, word, and deed. We must confess the specific sins we have committed and, if necessary, we must confess to the person we have offended, if that is necessary to be in love and charity with our neighbors. And having faced our sin, we must allow ourselves to be forgiven. We must accept grace. Strangely, many people have a problem accepting grace. They prefer to try harder to be good on their own rather than confessing they are not good and allowing God to forgive and cleanse and change them. This is the deadly sin of pride. We must also forgive. We must let go of our petty anger and animosities and administer to others the same grace we ask God to give to us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us as we let go of sin and embrace the gift of new life, we become new people who are able more and more to give to others according to the grace that is given to us. And the grace that is given to us is not only to be used at church. Spiritual giftedness is who we are always. Our giving occurs when we are at work, when we are at home, and when we are at leisure. As we go out from the altar into the world, we are now full. We are now able to give to others because God has filled us with himself. We no longer need to take from others in order to fill our needs. The experience of joy and contentment and peace in Christ, of which the New Testament constantly speaks, depends upon rightly discerning who we are in Christ and what we are called to be and do in each circumstance of life. We do not have to be in a perfect situation to exercise our gifts. Even if we do not love our work, even if we are stuck in a difficult circumstance, we can still exercise our gifts at work, home, and leisure. In fact, the grace of the Christian life should be all the more evident when life is difficult, when things are not the way we want them to be. Anyone can praise God and serve others when life is perfect. The mark of genuine faith is perseverance. The ability to continue 
to love, serve, and give thanks to God when all is not perfect. Jesus suffered, but he still gave us the gift of himself. He made us whole through the cross so that we may be able to give to others even when we are suffering. God saves us through trial, not from trial. The unique grace of Christian faith is the ability to see how God is bringing the the, the glory of the new creation out of the disorder of the world around us and out of the disorder of each of our lives. The grace of the Christian life is to help others to see and with our gifts help to further that work of Christ in their lives. One problem we have is we are tempted to assess ourselves and our gifts according to the standards of the world and not according to the judgment of God. Jealousy, envy, and the desire for status and attention undermine our ability to give. If we are giving because we want to get something, we are not giving at all. If we are giving because we want to be noticed, what we are giving is not really a gift. There is a very large paradox here. If we truly give with sincerity of heart, according to the grace that is given to us, we are likely to receive more of what we truly want and need. But the minute our focus shifts from giving because we are full to giving because we need something, we shift from givers to takers, and our reward diminishes. This is why we must continually remember our baptisms, in which water was poured upon us as a sign of the gift of the Spirit, in which God adopted us as his children and gave us the privilege of calling him Abba, Father. We must, on the Lord's day, in our daily disciplines of prayer, continually come to the Father through the Son to be renewed and strengthened by the Spirit. We must experience forgiveness again. We must remember again that we are God's children and that we are heirs with Christ of the world to come. We must allow the emptiness of sin to be filled by Christ. We must allow our wounds to be healed by the bread of life and the medicine of immortality. We are only able to give when we are full. Only those who live in union with the Father, through the Son, in the Spirit, are able, through that same Spirit, to be agents of God's love in the church and to a fallen world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.